0: Hi, I'm Jo Clark, and thanks so much for joining me today. This is the Redefining Midlife podcast, a podcast designed for the 40 plus woman who is determined to challenge society's myths and beliefs around midlife. It's for the woman who is inspired and ready to define midlife her way. Join me each week as I chat to health and wellness experts for up-to-date information on how to live well, as well as some special conversations with incredible everyday women redefining what midlife can look like here's to making our next half of life even better than the first today i had the pleasure of introducing you to mary mcconville mary hails from new jersey in the us and she's the artist and mum behind the instagram page grow up bright that offers mum a combination of advice and support for the everyday challenges of motherhood She uses her experiences in motherhood and years as a social worker and preschool educator to inspire mums to thrive in motherhood. Now her illustrations and words are just beautiful and they sum up the real life and real feelings of motherhood. She's a wonderfully wise woman who speaks from personal experience of how motherhood isn't always a rainbows and unicorns and shiny family photos we continually see on TV and in social media and in fact, When Mary's children were still very young, she found herself spiraling into a depression. In her own powerful words, she wrote, somehow my dream of motherhood had turned into a nightmare that I couldn't wake up from. The 24/7 neediness of my children that I had craved as a young 20 something had consumed me. The occasional glance in the mirror showed someone I no longer recognized. I looked to have an ideal life to the outside world But inside, I was in a dark hole. Now, thankfully, Mary found her way out of that dark space. And she came to the important realisation, and she writes further, that being a mother is my dream, but it is not all I am. In this episode today, Mary and I cover a range of topics, and I'm sure that many of you will identify with so much of our chat. Now, unfortunately, you'll notice that our internet connection was lost right at the very end of our conversation. And the recording came to an abrupt halt before I had the chance to even say goodbye to Mary. But that's the joy of technology. Now you'll find the links to connect with Mary in our show notes. So without further ado, on with the show. Welcome Mary to the podcast today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we've we've had a bit of a pre-chat prior to me pressing to the record button and we've covered a quite a lot of different topics. So I'm absolutely excited to hear what you've got to say and how your words are going to help somebody else who is in a similar position to you and can identify with you. That's what's important, is to share our stories so we're not feeling so alone and isolated.
1: A hundred percent, Joe. I'm so honored to be here with you. I mean, I always enjoy listening to your voice and so getting to have the conversation with you is, it's a dream. So, I'm so ready for it. Bring on the questions.
0: (laughs) Excellent. All right, Mary. So our first one, we'll wind the clock back. So what did younger Mary imagine her life would be like? Like
1: where did she think she was going to live and what she'd be doing? So it's actually really funny because I've always been a big journal writer. So I found a journal back from when I was in my early 20s, living in my first apartment in New York City. And what I wrote about what I wanted to be like was to be a mom. Like, I was like, I just want to find like the right guy. And I just want to have a family. And then I was like, maybe I'll teach art. And it's so funny because I forgot that I wrote that. And so I'm reading it. I found it like a couple of years ago and I read it and I was like, oh, how lame. Like that was my big wish. (laughs) But honestly, I've always loved, like motherhood. And so even when I was a little kid, I was babysitting my brother when I was six years old. Cause he was baby. And like back in the eighties, my mom would run to the corner store. I know that sounds like, like, no, that wouldn't happen today, but back then it was okay. And then in college I babysat and was like a mother's helper, you know? And so I wanted to have my own experience. And then I became a stepmom. When I started dating my husband, it was like instant motherhood. Like, wow. I mean, on the weekends, we had the girls. So I jumped right into the feeling of motherhood. And then I had my boys, and my like younger self is would probably be like, You're living my dream. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm living in a beautiful house in the suburbs. I drive a uh, SUV. We've got two big dogs. I have a amazing, loving, supportive husband that I just adore and I'm raising my kids. So I'm 46, almost 47. And I'm like, okay, what is this person thinking for the next 20 years? And so that I can look back and be like, oh, like, yeah that that I'm like you're living my dream now yeah that's where I'm not 100% sure I have some ideas yes. and I'll always be a mom but yes well you will it's just a different different phase of that role isn't exactly. it exactly completely yes. different. so you were basically with
0: your younger version really wanted what you've created now in your life yep. which is is fabulous and again that's different for some women some women have got something completely different to what they imagined yep. and is different is is what I absolutely love finding out about when I chat right to exactly woman. so Mary you had photography business before you started your family so was that a passion or something that you fell into or what was the story that you
1: had prior to starting your own family so I developed a love of photography in high school and this was before digital cameras so it was all film and you'd have to have a space to do a, have a dark room. And so being a photographer wasn't as attainable as it is today because it's all digital. And so my dream was to have a photography show, like to have my work in a like gallery type setting. But because I couldn't have a dark room, that was like in my thirties, I'll do that. So then when I had my son and I was home, and digital cameras had really taken over. Like, so I started a family photography business. And the reason why I wanted to do it was because I I saw as a mom how important it was to capture all those moments. Not the picture perfect moments, not the like everybody posed and smiling, yes. but the the moments that are fleeting and you forget like you know you tucking your kid into to 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 bed or bath time like those little moments those little like the little hands like the little those little features yeah so I wanted to be able to capture that for families Mm -hmm. and so I did that for a while until I had my second So once I had my second, my second was a very different kind of child than my first. Like my first was a big napper and would go to bed early. So I had a lot of time to like go and do the photography and then edit. But my second one was a five second napper Mm -hmm. and wanted to be held all the time. So then I made the choice of not pursuing the photography, but I still do some there there's one family that I've photographed for the last 13 years so they they every fall they're like please and I can never say no because I've watched their kids grow up like my kids so it's like I'm like okay but don't tell anybody (laughs) (laughs) so you don't
0: you (laughs) don't want that arm of your business continuing
1: through. not right now anyway. Yes.
0: But- so Mary, after your second child, you began to enter what you called a nightmare that you couldn't wake up from. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned just before your, your your second child was was very different to your first child. What did you notice happening to you during this time?
1: So it's funny cuz like, you know, people say like it's very different parenting one to going to two. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, you've got a toddler and you've got a newborn and there's just no time. It's such a busy time, but yet the days feel like they're months, like Mm. every day felt like so long. So I got through that phase, like I was able to manage, but what happened was my dog who I had right before my son's, we got him, I was pregnant. And he was like my first baby and we had him until he was about six and a half and he died sort of suddenly, Mm. but he was like my transition into motherhood. And when I lost him, that's when like, I sort of spiraled out of control. It was like, he was this like anchor. He was like this solid piece that helped me to manage early motherhood. I was in a deep grief over losing him. So my youngest was just coming out of the baby phase. So he was fully into toddler and my oldest was going into school. So it was like a new phase of motherhood. And he meant that much to me that it like just threw off my whole equilibrium. Inside, I just felt like I was drowning. And that's when I started my art. So it was through art that, that helped yes. you? Okay. So like, yes, I started taking a night art class and it was three hours of uninterrupted creativity. So just when I started that process, so I was starting to like get to a better place. Yes. That's when my son, when like, so like kindergarten he was like the happiest kid and then in first grade he just did a 180 Mm -hmm. and so it was like we were both sort of struggling at the same time and I was like I do believe the mother energy is so important so if you're not good Mm -hmm. like everyone feels it like the house just feels it so it's so important for moms like if you're not feeling good to Mm. get the help that you need for me doing the art really helped me to to find myself again and then to fill your cup (laughs) because when you're you're depleted you cannot give what you
0: want to give and then that consumes you with more guilt it's it's a it's one of those awful cycles isn't it that you can start getting used to and I think at, there wouldn't be many women around who have not found themselves even if they're not a mother who have not have, have
1: found themselves into that that sort of situation at some yeah point I think yeah I think innately we just want to nurture like that's yeah. it's just ingrained in us and I so agree. then but it's so important for us to nurture ourselves yes and that's where it can get a little that's where the art started
0: to help you because he your son was diagnosed with extreme anxiety depression OCD and and ADHD and um, you know I know that working for many years as a teacher the extra stress and the strain that you have when you've got a child with special or extra needs it can have a big impact on all the family members and not only can it have like an impact in a, a negative way it also can have a beautiful impact in it. It can be a blessing in disguise yes. in other, uh, other circumstances as well. So how did your son's diagnosis
1: affect you and your family? So it was one of those things that like he didn't represent like that. So it was kind of like we knew something was off. Like we just saw him deteriorating and instead of thriving. And so then we went, we got him evaluated. And so once that happened, it was a relief to have an answer to know. But at the same time, like, how is he so s- depressed? Like, cause it has really nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with environment. In this case, it's how his brain functions, mm. how he, cause basically it happened, when he was about seven. So I think there is a change in our brains. Like every seven years, I believe like our brains change or our bodies change or something. And so um at first it affected us, you know, I was heartbroken that like my my sweet like baby was suffering so much. But I was glad that we were open-minded enough to get that diagnosis and not take it personally and do the things that we needed to do for him so we got him into therapy we got him tutors like we we worked with his school and it was a long process and it was painful to watch him go through it but what we just did was support him Mm. through it all and so now he's in middle school and he is beyond thriving Uh and And I say to him, like, you know, everybody struggles every, you know, some just struggle earlier than others. And so I always have said to him that the gift is that I know this is really hard for you right now, but you're, you're going through it and you're going to, you're going to be so much stronger for it. Mm. And then when everyone in college goes through this, you're going to be able to, to help them or at least navigate through it with with ease because it's it's not going to get worse than what it is for him right now yeah. and and that really helped to empower me and you know and our family too we were able to work together and work through yeah. all these things and then just have a more appreciative and positive mm. outlook and and Know that making mistakes and feeling sad is not something to be ashamed of, and to destigmatize all of those negative feelings. Yes, and sort of empower them, empower the kids in having them. It's like yeah. it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel sad. Yeah. Um, you get to have the choice of whether you want to stay there. Maybe you do want to stay there for a little while, and that's okay. Or what can we do to move ourselves out of it? Like how, how can we make a positive change? And so that, that's been one of the biggest lessons I think we've all learned mm. through this. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of adults need to, and children
0: need to learn that lesson and unfortunately don't. So as you were saying before, your son's learned that
1: at a younger age. Yeah, so I mean, so just this spring, we were in his therapist's office. And my son said to her, you know, when when I started coming to you, I thought you were going to fix me. I'm broken and I need to be fixed. But now I realize I'm not broken and that you've given me tools so that like, this is how I am. And then these tools help me to, to get through whatever challenges that I, that I'm going through, but that I'm always going to be this way. Mm. And it's just a matter of me learning how to navigate it. And I was like, I'm like, you, you, like you've passed life. I'm like, how many adults need to know that? Like Mm. how many adults think that like, they're going to go and get fixed. Mm. And it's like, it's not about being fixed. Like you are who you are. You are just as you are supposed to be. But we can all learn different ways on how to navigate our own challenges and overcome things. And so now he knows like, you know, so like when he feels a certain way, he has a whole toolbox that he uses in order to get through it. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's, you know, and uh, as a mom, I'm so proud of him. Like, (laughs) Like, yes.
0: Oh, that that's that's massive to have that insight at that young age, and it's also wonderful for his friends because he had no doubt chat to his friends, so that that conversation will keep on going. So, Mary, um, often the life experiences we have, both positive and negative, and you know we spoke about spoke about them then, they can be used as a catalyst to help others, and I just love how you've turned all of your experiences and your natural gifts that you've got into something that's helping to nurture and support other women. So I'd really love for you to be able to tell us all about what it is that you do
1: and what you create and continue to create. So after all of this, well, actually it was like sort of during this, I started this Instagram page called grow up, Bright, bright as in light, bright or rainbow bright, um, the, to the, my like eighties nod. And the idea was I was struggling as a parent when my son got that diagnosis, I wanted to, I was looking for answers and positivity and how do I get through this? Mm. And so I wanted to just sort of bring positivity and encouragement and things that I was learning onto Instagram. So then I started to draw and then I started to create these illustrations of motherhood to show maybe not such a pretty aspect of motherhood. And then I try to use some kind of positive words to make the message like, I see your struggle, I see your hardship, I see how hard it is, but here's the hope, here's the nugget, here's the light, here's the thing to hold on to, mm-hmm. because I think when you're in that phase, you need something to hold on to. So I sort of my Instagram page has become like, I hope a light for other moms so that when they see a post for me that they come away feeling like feeling feelings, but generally like, like that those loving feelings like you might cry, but it's a good cry. it's like yeah. it's like that therapeutic cry like it's that 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 touched me and and yeah well, you do a really
0: great job because even though I'm past that stage, when I look at your work, it puts me back exactly in that moment. I can identify with a hundred percent of the feelings that you've illustrated, but also the words that go with it. and I just happen to show um my nephew's wife yesterday some of your work as I was explaining I was going to be chatting right. with you and, and you know I've been following you for quite some time and yeah she was blown away as well at just how oh. you captured because she's got a young young daughter just how you captured the essence of what mother could can be like and, yes. and that's which then brings me to my next question and and what I'd like to talk about. That we're often sold the idea of being a mum or a mother is a all or nothing stage of life. And yep. this can come from our family, our community, the wider you know, social media. And it's often seen that a mum needs to sacrifice herself, her sense of self and the whole of her dreams and her being for the family to the point it becomes who they are, because motherhood is a long stretch of time. It's, mm-hmm. It starts from the moment you've conceived your child to the, you know, well, it never ends. I'm, I've it got never you. ends. It yeah. never ends. It's just a different, just different. Yeah. As you say, we can be in danger of allowing ourselves to be swallowed up. And then once our children become adults, we no longer know ourselves anymore. And that really hit home because my children have left home. And I've seen some of my friends who are mothers who have got children at that same stage. They really struggle. They've lost their sense Mm -hmm. of self.
1: So what
0: do you suggest women do who are at or near this stage of life?
1: So I think it starts from the moment your kids are little that you have to keep in touch with who you are because motherhood is like that. Like it it is so encompassing and it should be like, you should fully allow yourself to just be submerged in it, but you should always have a tether to to where you're going who you are what your dreams are because it's important for your kids to see that Mm. it's important for you to have that it's like almost like a lifeline if you think about it in the sense that like you you don't have to you don't have to act on it you don't have to like be climbing the corporate ladder while you're raising your kids I mean you can if that's what you choose to do but if that's not where you are but you should have like a vision of what you ultimately see yourself doing after your kids have grown so I think as long as you keep that one foot in that other world then you're good but you have to keep in touch with yourself Mm. and so for me journaling has always been that way so like I because I think as a mom, we're always shutting ourselves down. Like we're like, all right, I'll think about that when the kids go to sleep. I don't know how I'm feeling about, I'll I'll worry about that later. Like, yes. But you're so involved with, you know, like what your kids are doing and what your spouse is doing and what needs to be done in the moment that you constantly put yourself on the back burner. But I think by having a practice of either journal writing, meditating, um, anything where you're able to be in contact with your inner thoughts, I think allows for you to know yourself. So then when your kids do grow and fly away as they should, you haven't lost yourself. But I think moms tend to do that. So I think finding that practice, I and mean, it could be even like going for walks, like to be able to like, have that inner dialogue with yourself consistently throughout everything. And so that's why I encourage moms to journal. I mean, that I think is the easiest thing because you can do it for five minutes a day where you're just writing your thought of the day. Like, even if it's something like, oh, I'm really upset that like, I forgot ketchup at the grocery store for the third time, you know, this week allowing yourself to hear your own thoughts and not putting yourself on the back burner, like giving yourself that five, five to 15 minutes a day. Yeah. That's all. Yeah.
0: No, that's that's great. That's
1: great advice. And it's hard. I mean, there are different phases that like you have more time in different stages of motherhood, but I think just keeping that little part, like always keeping that tether. So like who, who you aspire to be yes. allows, allows for, so then at the end, you're not like, oh, hi, who are you again? Yeah, I forgot. again. Like-
0: and you've totally lost your sense of self. And that's, it's always sad to see when women get to that point and they're, they're floundering because they don't know. And they're sad because they they haven't prepared for this right. next phase. And I think that as you, as you said, that preparation starts.
1: It starts right at the beginning. Like,
0: it could yes, always be there and it, and it will change and evolve as they get older.
1: I mean, Wouldn't it be great? Like when you give birth, like they usually give you like a packet of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're so excited to like have the baby and like get to do all the things like, cause you, it's been nine months, you've been waiting to like, and so it's okay to like, be so excited about that, but it's like, yeah, you're you're a new person, and you get to meet yourself over and over and over again. Mm. At just as your kid is growing, you're growing, mm. and you know, I think moms, we forget that. I think, and yeah. I think, or our expectations is, oh well, I'm still me, but you're not because you're a new person. That's like wrong. just as you know, like there's a it's a new evolution of you exactly and, I think, you
0: know-
1: and, and talking now about this new
0: revolution of you and of your children so your children are now entering puberty while you're mm-hmm. no doubt going through perimenopause where you are yep. on that stage so what do you notice that's happening for you and and what are you doing to support yourself I And mean, when you mentioned a few things what you're doing to support yourself but what are you really doing as you're noticing
1: these changes happening yeah i'm probably not doing enough <laughs> that's, that's the truth i mean because it's one of those things i don't even really know what i need to support myself um I, i'm just being honest i think yes. being transparent and honest that i don't know exactly where i'm going and what i'm doing and being open to making the mistakes like being open that i'm i might have a bad moment or um not make sense or be very emotional and that those are all okay just like you know like I I've always been a very big PMSer like I always was very like I'd be so upset and angry and then I get my period and I'd be like oh that's why because <laughs> I was like this doesn't make sense why am I so angry and then I was like oh it uh, was my period <laughs> like I, <laughs> Most women do. Uh, yeah. I mean, some women don't. And I'm like, really? I'm like, you're so lucky because, like, mm. I'm like a completely different person. And then mm. I get my period. I was like, oh. so I'm almost like that all the time. And so sometimes I'm just like, this mm. is what it is. And um, I think not hiding from it, being open about it, that, like, that it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, And letting my kids see that, like letting them know that sometimes I'm a little irrational and it's kind of tricky, but like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm taking different vitamins. I, I need to work out more, but I, I'm so resistant to working out right now, but I try to like get out for walks. I'm lucky I am able to go to sleep, like sleeping and stuff like that. And, and eating has been okay. So that part, you know, yeah. I mean, because I do think <laughs> as long as you're sleeping well, like when I fall asleep, that's it. I'm out. Like, yes. Yeah. Um because I sometimes think it's cruel, Mary, isn't it? Because you, you watch your
0: children going through their bodily changes and you're doing all you can to support them as they're going through it, all the while you're starting to go through changes. And because often you don't realize it's happening until it's well and truly on, on the road, it's quite an yeah. interesting stage of life in that way it that is. You, yeah you, you don't you, you realize you need to support yourself but you're not sure how and this is happening now so what am I doing what do I need to do and um, yeah that's why I love doing what I'm doing to help women when the children are little or, or are, are going through those stages not always little but
1: um, yeah are going through those different stages mm. yeah so like my son like he's going through puberty and so like sometimes he's like really angry and yeah. he's like is this puberty and I'm like probably <laughs> And just like, we have these conversations and I, like, I, I believe it's so important to normalize having these kinds of conversations, normalize having, you know, moments where your emotions are, are bigger than you are Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And then you get to say, I was feeling this way, but I don't know why I said it like this and I mean my son does that like in the mornings he'll be so angry because he hates waking up in the morning and he'll be like I hate you you're the worst mom you know and then later on he'll be like I don't know why I said all those mean things to you you know I love you and I was like I know and I know that it's not him talking it's you know exhaustion and frustration and, and all of those other emotions that have sort of hijacked him
0: how has growing older made you change your way of thinking or
1: has it changed the way that you think i mean i still think i have a lot of time though i know there's no guarantee and so i try to get myself to remember that and like don't wait like don't don't take you you just don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring and so I try to make sure that like my family knows how important they are to me like that I I don't take those things for granted mm. the time I spend with my kids or mm. the time I spend with my family like that I I don't like I love hanging out with my family like we have such a good time together dinner time is like the best part of the day so um so I don't regret that, but, you know, who knows?
0: Maybe I Yeah. Will so it's like, yeah, because our children are on borrowed time, aren't they? And, and, and again, and it's the bottom line in that you you do need to spend time with your children, with your family yet you still need, as we d- we discussed earlier, you still need to have that piece that you carve out for yourself. And sometimes it's not perfectly balanced. It's not like a piece yeah. of the pie that is going to be the same size every time. And it's that flexibility, I think, that we need to, to allow ourselves and be comfortable with that. It. It's not always going to look like this and it will change over time. And yeah, it's, it's easy to be filled with regret that you wish you would have spent More time once once they've left the
1: nest and yeah it's but uh, I feel like you know like you're always it's it's complex yeah it's so complicated and I think it's so and I think society right now is like sends you that message that you should be doing all the things all the time and that like if you're not you're behind Mm. and I don't think that that's necessarily the case I mean I look at some older women in America who are having major success in their sixties and seventies. Mm. Cause like you don't stop, like you're constantly growing. And so like, if you get, and, and they raise their families and raising their families was so important to them, but like they're having major success like mm. later on in life. So it's not to say that you can't still be successful, but it is finding that, that balance for you. Yes. And yes. so for me, Like I said, you know, when I was younger, all I wanted to be was a mom. And so this was my career choice. Using that to like, then help other moms so that they feel supported and that they keep that little bit for themselves so that they know what they want to do and inspire them. Like, that's why I call myself a modern mom muse. Spark that idea. Maybe you don't, it doesn't fully bloom in the time when your kids are little, but once you plant that seed, it, you know, like the roots will grow. So you have that time to learn about yourself, you know, like you really get to know your values, Yes, you are, what your morals are, what, what, what's important, what's not Mm -hmm. important, what works, what doesn't work. And so if you kind of look at it like that, it's never a waste of time or a missed opportunity because, you grew so much through that phase
0: yes i love that that line of a modern mum muse you said yeah no that's fantastic that's that <laughs> sums it up beautifully so who do you see then as your role models is there somebody whether it be you know we often go to oh it's got to be a famous person but is there some another woman or women that you look at and
1: you go i really love what they're doing no, that's a that's a really good question. I'm trying to think. I mean, I have different role models for different yes, things. Me too. Um, so, I mean, I often joke like my son, my younger son, he's so organized and so like wonderfully talented in in doing really good projects and and really working hard. And they often joke, I say, when I grow up, I want to be like him. Because he's, so, so, so he's definitely a role model. Well, and I'm like, I often with magnifying person.
0: glass with on magnifying glass to the worst traits that you possibly can have. And they highlight them. And you know, that's what I've got to work on. So you're a creative soul. So what are your dreams for the business that you're creating and have created? How would you love to see what you've got evolve?
1: Oh, that that is such a good question because that's really in the the phase that I'm in right now. Mm. So really what I would love to do is create products that help moms reimagine their motherhood. Because I think sometimes we go into motherhood with these expectations and this idea of who we're supposed to be based on our life experiences, things we've read, society, movies, all those kinds of things um, create this image that, that we think is motherhood. And then when once we become a mom, we don't meet those expectations or we don't live up to that vision we have in our head. So I want to help moms be able to deconstruct that image and keep the things that make them feel good and get rid of the things that, that no longer serve them and then infuse them with the ability to imagine their life, what motherhood will help them create. Mm-hmm. And so I actually created a class that helps moms kind of go through that whole phase Mm -hmm. we are the heart of the home and so if we're not feeling good everyone feels it Mm -hmm. and so I want to help moms take charge of that so it's not happening to them but they have some sense of purpose and and control Mm -hmm. of that vision for themselves so that they can thrive and so that they're then
0: Yes. So along right with here. your artwork, you'd love to be able to have
1: something like that. that- yeah. Like, you know, I see a book, I see um, journals, I see talks where people just come in feeling a certain way and go out feeling 180 degrees better. That like flipping that switch, like turning their light back on, because I yeah. think moms right now feel so unseen so overworked and so left behind on some level Mm. and I think we can look at it like that or we can like take charge and and start to redefine it yeah hence hence
0: that was (laughs) a whole that's where the name of my podcast come from because right Like you're saying, whether when you get to a a motherhood different ages and stages, and you suddenly hit this last particular stage of being valued as a mother, and then suddenly you're you've lost that. Who are you? What can it look like now? So I I can definitely see how
1: you would be reimagining and redefining that. If I can catch moms in that like toddler like pre-school phase
0: because mm. I
1: think that's where the seed needs to get planted yes. but if you can plant your seed then yeah then once when, when your kid goes off to college or you know, as an adult you your roots are fill- really strong and you're like that's your time to blossom yes. like it's like it's not over mm. it's like that's your time to like fully because you've learned so much going through the journey of raising your, your children.
0: So. Absolutely. So Mary, I'll, I'll have it also included in the show notes, but how can people
1: find and connect with you? So always my Instagram page grow up, right? So G R O W U P B R I T E not like, so like light, bright. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I always welcome people to DM me and things like that. I, as uh, we were talking before the show about my starting a podcast, and that's something that I definitely that is in the works. And so, hopefully, twenty twenty three, that might actually become a reality. But I, yeah, I continue to do lots of stuff on on Instagram, and that's really where I, that's my home base. Yeah. It's my place to just let my mat, like my creativity flow. I love following other people. I love. I find Instagram to, for me, it's a very positive place because of the people I follow and the mm-hmm. interactions that I have. It, it generally, like I always kind of leave feeling good. Yeah.
0: Well, I really invite you to have a look at Mary's profile and and follow her page because she has got the most inspirational posts and and illustrations and words. And so Mary, if you could give the 40 plus woman one
1: piece of life advice, what would it be? Just remember you're constantly growing. Like this is just the beginning. It's like you're you're just in a constant evolution. And so don't feel like you're behind or you missed the boat because you're on the journey and just around the corner is something great. And so just keep, keep going forward. Fabulous.
0: And if you could look into the future, what do you hope 80 year old Mary will say
1: about current day Mary? Oh, oh I'm going to start crying. <laughs> like, I'm hoping that 80 year old Mary will be like, you know, she, she was about to like let go. She, about to sort of just lose herself but she knew that she was one step away from that thing that is going to just catapult her so just stick with it just keep going just just keep showing up and you'll be very surprised at what the result is.
0: Thanks so much for listening and sharing your time with me today. I'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcast or your favourite podcast app to keep spreading these empowering messages. Please share this podcast with other incredible midlife women in your world. Join me again next week for another redefining midlife conversation. Thanks again for tuning in.